What's up, everybody? So today we're going to have a not-so-normal episode. Ben could not be here because he's a douche. Um, and Libby, well, she had a conference to be at. Is it? Is it? It's probably not proper to call she's, women douches, is it? I was going to say, she's kind of a douche, too, but it's okay. <laughs> Anyways, so I'm the only one Gender who's... doesn't matter in this country. Yeah, so <laughs> gender doesn't pick, matter. We can pick on her. <laughs> so I'm the only one who's not a douche and Nate today, so... I don't know, I'm kind of a douche, too. Nah, just a little bit. So, just me and Nate sitting here, drinking some yinglings and uh, eating some Fritos, some chili cheese Fritos. Ayo. Yep. So I just got him here in the studio, a.k.a. my living room. And uh, we're just going to talk today. I don't know what we're going to get into. Probably get into some kind of topic or whatever. Uh, so I'll just give Nate a couple minutes to kind of introduce himself uh, and just say whatever he wants, mm. who he is, where he's from. And uh, tell me, Nate, why are you a Christian? Answer oh, that man. question for so me. You're, you're dumping in. You're like throwing me in the deep end. <laughs> Right off the bat, and I guess I'm a little quiet here, aren't I? Okay, check, yeah, check, one, I two. I got you. Hey, okay. So, uh, why am I a Christian? Well, some would say I'm a Christian because I was raised that way, and I'm a product of my environment. Uh, and I'd say that for a part of my younger life, I would pretty much have to say that any faith I had was just because it's how I was raised. But um, there came a point when I had to make it my own, and... Uh, I think that was really when I was about 16. Um, yeah, I'd said prayers of forgiveness for my sins and stuff when I was younger, but it really started to hit home, and I started to understand the gospel in a way that was personal and relevant to me in my life when I was 16, and I had dealt with some loss of loved ones in my life and just painful uh, relationships ending badly and things like that, and I found hope in the Lord, and I'm here today, so... Yeah. So, would you say that you've been a Christian your whole life, no. or just from that no. encounter you have? I would say that I've accepted a Christian or a Judeo-Christian faith my whole life, but that doesn't mean that okay. I've really been a Christian, because I think the definition of Christian is a lot more than just, hey, I'm raised this way, so yeah. that's who I am. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I've known I've known Nate for about, uh, what, five years now? Uh, give or take five years. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, I actually met him through through Ryan, who we've mentioned on the on the show a couple times. But uh, yeah, it was fun because uh, actually, like the first night I ever met you, we actually had like this five hour conversation in the back of Ryan's mm-hmm. car. That was pretty good. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember what we were even talking about, but I remember it was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and it was spiritual in nature. So that's good. It's good. Yeah, good times. You had a mohawk back then. I did. I was uh, I was quite a bit different back then. <laughs> Mohawk, ripped up jeans, uh, smoking cigarettes. Oh, yeah. Which everyone up here who knows me, they don't even remember that I smoked most of the time because, I mean, it was only for like a few weeks when I moved up here. Yeah, yeah. Then I quit, so. That was cool. awesome. We were, we, we, uh, the first meal I ever had with you was at Pizza Hut that first day with yeah. me and Ryan. I think it was just the three of us, maybe somebody else with us, I don't remember, but. It was it was funny because we you know talking about how you had just been saved and all this stuff and just getting to know you first impressions and we walk outside and it was just this like beautiful moment where this man's just like 
going back and forth from these worldly conversations to these like super deep spiritual conversations. And it's just like that beautiful place of your life where you're transitioning and your mind's still being transformed. You don't even recognize yeah. that it seems odd to other people, you know? And yeah, it was cool. It was well, cool. and kind of like the environment we were in was really spiritual. So right, right. to have conversations, like ultra extra spiritual, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So for us to have conversations that were, you know, air quotes worldly was kind of like weird back then. Right. Yeah. I feel like I'm almost, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel that way now. You know what I mean? Like it wouldn't be weird to me now at all. But like back then in high school or something, or just fresh out of high school. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was just, I was, I think I was probably what, did you come up here in the summer? Oh, I don't remember. I think it was late March. Okay. So I would, that would have been like my senior year. Yeah. I think five years ago, 23 now, 18 then maybe. I don't know. Maybe it was a year after college. It doesn't matter. But, yeah, so, I, don't, I don't really I mean, remember. I was young, but yeah, we we've had some good times. Yeah, I feel like almost like I'm reverting. I went from being in that kind of normal Christian place to that uber spiritual, and now I'm kind of getting back to like a normal place, and I'm pretty cool with that. So. Mm. Anyways, uh, I don't know so, if I call you normal, Keith. You're no. pretty, you're pretty out there. Oh, I'm pretty. Thank you. Well, that, I mean that too. <laughs> I mean, if we're being real, I mean we are hand bros. Yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> hey yo. So uh, I don't know. Did you have anything you wanted to get into today? I've got. Do you want to talk no. about kind of like uh, what were you talking about last night? With your, do you want to get into that, or do you want to get into another topic? Because I've got other stuff we can talk about. Uh, I'm pretty much down to talk about anything. Um, you can always, like, throw a synthesizer over my voice and, I mean, you know, hide my identity if you really need to. So. Yes. Welcome. Uh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, so, <clears throat> what were we talking about last night? Uh, a couple nights ago, because I didn't see you yesterday. A couple I'm a jerk. nights ago. And yes. Okay. Just so everyone knows, <laughs> we were supposed to have this podcast last night, but and I forgot. Like a real douche that I've already said that I'm kind of. Yeah, I messaged Nate, yeah. and he's like, "Oh, <laughs> crab, dude, totally forgot about it." <laughs> it's my first time. You gotta, you gotta give me sure. some slack, man. You gotta give me some slack. <laughs> but we were talking about the canonization. Of the Bible. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Good topic. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if this is something we're going to talk about this entire time, but it's whatever. Um, it doesn't matter. I was just thinking in the car the other day on my way back from work um, based upon some conversations I had had with another friend uh, a couple weeks ago just about whether or not it is like a prerequisite to be a Christian to believe that the canonized 66 books of the Protestant Bible uh, are the fully accurate, fully inspired divine word directly from the Lord. Or if there's any room for believing that there may be some errors in translation, at least into English. Um, or, but, but, but even, but even, yeah. even before that, or is, it, is it heretical? To say that you believe 
that there's a possibility that the original manuscripts have some human flaws in them, being that they were written by the hands of men. Even if even if it was inspired of the Lord, does mm-hmm. that does that mean that every single letter, every single word is perfectly from the heart of God? Or is it to even suggest that, does that make me a heretic? Yeah, and I think if you would have asked me that question two years ago, like I wouldn't even thought about it. It wouldn't have been a question at all to me. I would have, say, I'd be, I'd, yeah, I would just say like, yes, the Bible, Word of God, 100%, infallible, 100% accurate. Authoritative for yeah. everything. Yeah. Well, I've kind of shared on this podcast a few times before as well that I'm kind of in a place right now where I don't necessarily believe that the that the Bible is like this 100% literal thing anymore. Like, I do believe that the Bible has tons of wisdom, tons of truth in it, but I don't know, man. I don't know exactly how I look at the Bible anymore. I don't I don't think that the Bible is wrong. I mean, I look at, like I was mentioning to you the other night, like there was multiple times that you can see in Scripture where Jesus had to correct his disciples while he was here. So, mm-hmm. I mean, who's to say that after he was gone that they couldn't have got something wrong? Not that the entirety well, of mean, the faith is wrong, because like Paul we're, said, we're basing our faith based off the death and resurrection of Christ, not every tiny little comma and mm-hmm. word written in the Bible. It's based off a relationship with God. So, Well, well even if we're going to sit here and say that the, you know, everything that's in the in the Word is completely accurate, you know, historically and, and so forth that, um, I mean, we see, uh, Peter and Paul getting into it, you know, we see, uh, you know, issues here and there with, uh, Barnabas and, uh, the church in Corinth, for instance. So obviously, obviously we're seeing that, uh, Christians are still screwed up and fallible sometimes, you know? Yeah, it's Um, true. We may be saved. Our heart may be changed, but that doesn't mean that we don't still make mistakes or act out and uh, don't have misunderstandings of theology. I mean, it says right there in Romans, like, we should be patient with one another as believers because there will be theoretical, or I'm sorry, um, uh, theological differences. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I, I didn't prepare a bunch of bullet points for this topic, but we can get into it. I mean, Yeah. So for me, yeah. like, I, I look at it because even in different denominations you can have one particular scripture and that can be interpreted yeah you know multiple different ways and you can have entire theological viewpoints based on on such things you know look at you know like predestination versus free will look at mm-hmm. i don't know there there's tons of stuff but just I mean, just the fact that we even have uh, a catholic uh group of denominations and, and group, uh, you know, sect, if you will, of Christianity. And then we obviously have the Protestant, um, yeah. And, and all of its various types and flavors, you know, um, we have Mormonism and we have, uh, you know, these other groups that all have vast similarities mm-hmm. in doctrine and theology and what we consider scripture to be. But, we also have these differences, you know, um, yeah. the additional books of the Catholic Bible, uh, the additional book of Mormon, yeah. and all these things. So, Yeah, well, I think for all, I think the, the way uh, Catholicism 
started and the way it it uh the way the Protestant Reformation happened, you know, for all its flaws, what Catholicism did is it held things together. I I feel like and because after the after you had the Protestant Reformation, I mean, what do you have now? Like ten thousand different denominations of Christianity in the world. I so even tell you, I know it's a lot. Yeah. So I mean, I don't. I've never really researched it. I I probably should. That'd be a, a good thing to look up and maybe do a discussion about with the Protestant Reformation. We could do like a conversation on that. But uh, I don't know. I don't understand everything of what the Catholic Church was doing wrong, and I try not to condemn or judge or sound like I'm doing anything like that. But, you know, for everything that I guess the Protestant Reformation thought the Catholic Church was doing wrong, it did it did hold into everything to a unity for a long time. And Oh, yeah. I mean, organized Christianity uh, very well could not be a thing today if it yeah. weren't for the Catholic Church, including all their, all their flaws. And, I mean, I don't know a Catholic that wouldn't say that historically the Catholic Church is screwed up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, I'm not, you know, any Catholics that are listening to this, I'm not harping on you. Uh, yeah, we're not not, a, not at a personal level. Um, I would not consider myself to be Catholic, but I hold a lot of the same viewpoints as Catholics that I know. So, yeah. but I but I am saying that as well as Protestants. I mean, Protestants have made some totally messed up mistakes um, historically. But uh, I, I guess it, it brings us into another kind of topic. I don't want to go on a tangent, but um, if you leave a church, uh, whether you would say I'm protesting that church or not. In a sense, you're doing the same thing that the early Protestants did with the Catholic Church. Yeah, um, you're and we wouldn't have we wouldn't have the Protestant denominations today without those people. Um, so, if a Protestant pastor jumps down the throat of someone that leaves his church due to some disagreements, it's really no different than the Catholic Church saying that you're stepping outside of your legal and spiritual rights to leave their church. Yeah. I mean, it really is the same thing. <laughs> I mean, you could you could put those correlations on there. Yeah. I know I have, you know, personally, yeah. <laughs> out of personal experiences, you know, many times. I kind of I come from a family of church hoppers. Yeah. And so I, I've seen uh, relationships built and then broken uh, when, when, when they otherwise don't need to be. Yeah. You know? That's kind of what I think a lot of us that are passionate and, engage, and engaging in this uh, podcast are, are about yeah. just sharing that like differences and opinions and viewpoints can exist in friendships, yeah, <laughs> in relationships, you know? For me, that's what this podcast is about. I mean, we can create an atmosphere where we can all come together, we can disagree, we can work things out. And like I've said before, like I don't even, I don't have the trademark on truth. I'm not trying to pretend like I have all the answers. I'm... I'm a seeker of knowledge and truth, just like everyone else that's on this journey. Everyone who's trying to find truth, whether that's in God or not, like we're we're all trying to find meaning in life here, and mm-hmm. that's what I'm trying to do as well. So, anyways, yeah, life is pretty depressing without a sense of purpose. Yeah, yeah it it is. Yeah. I mean, there's a pretty high suicide rate, even within famous atheists. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's not to offend any atheists that may be listening. I love you all. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when you live a life outside of a a sense that there's something greater than yourself that gives purpose to something, um, 
it can seem pretty monotonous and repetitive for no reason. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like no justification for it, you know? Yeah. So, um, we were talking this morning, me and, uh, Amanda and Ashley were sitting down and it kind of goes along with this topic of the Bible and inerrancy and stuff like that. So we were talking about, uh, like on, on the, um, Facebook page this week, we were talking about abortion cause I don't know if you followed it at all, but I was posting about Carl Lentz, his comment on, uh, I forgot what it was, The View or some kind of mainstream. I saw, I saw your, um, I saw your second post about it, about clarifying something about it. Yeah. Well, pretty much what happened is, uh, so Carl Lentz, he is the head pastor of the Hillsong Church in New York. And one second, I'm going to put this mic stand on. I'm surprised I didn't know that. Anyways, didn't know that. he is a cool guy. I'm sure he loves Jesus, and his main goal in everything that he does is to lead people to God. But he made a comment on there, and and, and I wasn't trying to bash him or tear him down, but mainly use him as an example of maybe something that we could do better as Christians in, in America and in this world. But uh, they asked him about his stance on abortion because they were talking about how he's got a lot of millennials that attend his church and Mm -hmm. how does he interact with topics and they brought up abortion. And the statement that he made is he said, uh, well, I don't make the call on that. I let people use their own personal convictions. And for me, that kind of put a little bit of disdain in my mouth. Like I just didn't – I wasn't really satisfied with that answer and not that – I feel like I could have done better or I was judging him or whatever. But as Christians, as much as the Bible can be black, it can be gray. There can be a lot of things that are debatable and let's work this out. Let's figure it out. I can't, I don't think we can make everything in our Christian walk about conviction because at that point it's like, I was talking to the girls today and and I was like, you know, if, if everything is just up to me and my conviction and it's like, I just give up on Christianity. Like I'm, I'm, I don't want to chase this thing my whole life and be trying to figure something out that has no solid truth to it. Yeah. And if anything, like Christianity is based around the fact that Jesus is truth. If, He's if, the light of the world and that he brings knowledge to men. So there's got to be some truth in the Bible, even, even if everything's not black and white. There are things yeah, that are. Yeah. So if um the morality if if the moral compass of Christianity is as disambiguous as Gnosticism, then why don't you be a Gnostic? Really yeah. You know what I mean? I mean why yeah. why plague yourself with the name of a Christian if you're just like the rest of the world? And and I'm not saying that to like to knock anyone down, but I'm saying that to myself. Like I've been thinking to myself lately, like, like I don't plan on falling away from God at all. That's not what I'm saying in any of this, but it, more as a metaphorical thing, I guess. Not even metaphor. I don't Theoretical. know. Theoretical. Theoretical. There we go. I'm just thinking to myself, like, why? Why do any of this? Why be doing this podcast if the end goal is not to find some kind of truth? If my life as a Christian is constantly just going around in circles and never really having a definitive on what's right and wrong. If there, if everything is just so ambiguous and so convoluted that I never lock down anything and my whole life is just questioning back and forth, then 
I give up. I don't want to be a Christian at that point because I'm just going to spend my life like a dog chasing his tail, never finding anything. It's, I think it's, I think the only way you're going to ever find that anyone would ever find themselves in that place where they're calling themselves a Christian. They are believing that they're a Christian. Um, they believe in the God of the Bible, but they don't know what their basic moral compass is, let alone all the little gray areas and confusing controversial topics. I think the only way anyone's ever going to get there short of just being ignorant, maybe in another country where it's very hard to even get your hands on a Bible. Um, I think you would have to come to that place where you don't trust the legitimacy and authority of the Bible and those who wrote it. Yeah. Because, or you just simply aren't reading your Bible. Yeah. You know, you don't know what it says because there are like Keith has already mentioned, there are things in scripture that I really don't think if if you're going to take it at face value, I really don't think there's any way to get around the fact that there are certain things that are considered sin. And there are certain things that are considered righteous. Not that there aren't the other areas too, but I don't think think you're going to be in that place unless you're ignorant, you don't care, or um, you are just really confused about whether the Bible is accurate or not. Yeah, and I don't think that you have to... Sorry about that. I don't think that you have to feel like you're judging anybody to say that something is sin something you know it's a hot topic right now in society is homosexuality and i know there are some christians who don't think it's a big deal some that do i think i am kind of like i don't know like when i look at the bible there's still scriptures that i feel like i've got to work through to say that you know god's okay with it i don't know but the thing what it comes down to is regardless of regardless of whether we're trying to it comes down to we're not trying to offend or throw someone off by saying anything we have to be able to like as christians there are truths to who god is to what he stands for and something that ashley brought up this morning and it is true the main command of the bible is to love god and to love others yes but there are tons of other commands that God's give, that God gives. Mm-hmm. There are tons of other parameters that the Bible, reading the Bible, that God puts on our lives. And not that our life is about just trying to fit some parameter and trying to be this perfect Christian, but we've got to be able to, at some point, differentiate what's good and bad. And because we can't... What is going on with this thing? <laughs> we can't... Technical difficulties. We can't live our whole lives just being so I don't I don't know like I f- the the main premise of like what Christianity is is it's truth like yes it's love it's acceptance it's peace it's joy it's eternal life but truth is a lot to play in that so if we take truth yeah. out of who God is then everything becomes so wishy-washy that like, I don't even want to be a part of it at that point. If it, if there's no truth in it, if it's all just personal convictions, yeah. if it's all just whatever God is telling you is okay, you know, and I'm not for 
taking someone's interpretation of the Bible and marking that as truth at all. Like, there are scriptures that can be interpreted multiple ways, but at the same time, there are some things that are laid out in the Bible as truth. So, I don't know. Like, how do you work that out? How do you find that counterweight between our first point that we made, starting this off of, like, how legitimate is the Bible as opposed to how much, how truthful is it, you know? Mm. What's illegitimate and what's real is is what it comes down to. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot said right there. I mean, we could jump on to going in depth with, with any of those points, really. I think something that was hitting my mind the other day um in regards to just just for instance the the homosexuality thing but you you can relate this to abortion you can relate this to lying any anything that you know a traditional uh american christian is going to jump down the throats of people for unfortunately uh whether they're right or wrong um yeah, it but sucks let's let's, way. let's just let's just take homosexuality just just as just an, as an example not to single anyone out but um I feel from from personal experience dealing with myself and other and other believers as well as having uh, several good friends of mine um, who are actively or inactively homosexual. Um, I I think that Christians people in general have a have a hard time really formulating an opinion about something that they've never had a reason exactly to formulate yeah. an opinion of just, just as as an example uh myself um i've really i've never really had that temptation i've i've mm-hmm. never had that uh and, I, and 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 maybe that's not even the right word but i've never had that real desire yeah. um for a man that, yeah. that's just where I, where i am i'm not saying that's right i'm not saying that wrong that's wrong but it's just where I've, you're at. Yeah. I've only dove into the thinking of it for the sake of the fact that at one point I started to have friends that were dealing with it. And, and it then became relevant to me to where I didn't just write it off as sin because that's what I was told. But I started to think about the whys of it and what the Bible actually says rather than what I'm told that it's, that it says. Um, there are people out there that only started to really consider the morality of it once they were dealing with the desire for it. You know, um, I've met um, a, a gay man that uh, said he believed it was wrong, but he was recently starting to operate in it. And since then, he doesn't believe it's wrong. And that may be because he's had time to process it since he's felt a need to process it. So I'm, I guess what I'm saying is like if somebody's always just had like a, a knack for telling the truth, they're going to be like, yeah, the truth is the right way. You know, don't don't lie, you know, because they don't struggle with it. Mm-hmm. But as soon as they start dealing with issues where the truth brings consequences, they're probably going to start qu- questioning it. You know what well, I'm saying? Well, because I think – whether it is right or wrong, that's not the debate here. I think the the bigger debate is how do you interact with something that you think is wrong? You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you deal with it? How do you, like, 
are you loving people through whatever they're struggling with, whatever they're going through, whether you think it's right or wrong? Are you being a good friend to them? Are you loving them? Are you supporting them regardless of what they're doing? Because a lot of times, uh, like when we were leaving the church, you know, like they didn't think the way we were doing things was right. They didn't think the way we were leaving, the questions we were asking, uh, I don't even know everything. But so, so it was very judgmental. It was very like when we were out, we were out, we were kicked, we were um, deleted off social medias, we were not contacted past that and that's a wrong way to handle someone who you think is in the wrong so whether you think something is right or not is not the bigger question for me it's how how are you loving people Mm -hmm. even if you think they're wrong so yeah well I mean not to be super cliche here but I mean it's just it's real like Jesus ate with sinners you know Jesus wasn't the one that was out rebuking sinners he was the one that was rebuking the self-righteous within the religious community. So if we're going to live by his example, if we're trusting the legitimacy and accuracy of the account in the Gospels, um, Jesus is portrayed as this man who is pretty much selflessly living a life based upon reaching other people with the Father's love. Um, and the ones that were claiming to know the Father to or know about him at least to a certain degree and claiming to have all this truth but even and maybe they did have all this truth but they weren't living it out they were hypocritical and all this the pharisees the sadducees um those were the people that he called serpents you know yeah. those were the people that he was like it's going to take everything you got to enter the kingdom of heaven because right now it ain't happening, bro. <laughs> and those and <laughs> like those are the people we're talking about. And it was funny because those were the people who were supposedly living by the law. So, right. I mean, sh- that to me shows that. And Jesus said he never came to destroy the law, also. So that's another aspect of it, but. It, for yeah, me, I'm, not, it shows... I'm not saying the Pharise- I'm not saying that the Pharisees and Sadducees had everything wrong. Yeah, they had a sure. lot right, but that which they had wrong, according to Jesus, if we trust the Bible, was condemnable. So... Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't the law that was condemning them. It was the pride in their law. It was them saying, "We have yeah. truth. All you guys are under us. You're dirt under our feet because you're not doing this, this, and that." And that's the way we can come across with these topics of homosexuality, abortion, absolutely, whatever it may be, regardless of what we think about it, it does that doesn't matter. How we interact with people is what matters. So, I don't know. That's just kind of where I am with that. So, but and at yeah. the same time, it kind of does matter because truth is truth. So we need to get to the bottom and figure out what is truth. So. Regardless of what truth is, though, I think we all need to be careful not to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. That though we see something that we may have every reason to believe is wrong in somebody's life, and you want to just throw it away, you know, it's just disgusting to you or whatever. Okay, well, first of all, you know, maybe you should be more tolerant. But second of all, if you're wanting to get rid of the evil, okay, that's fine, I guess, but don't throw the person away with it. Exactly. You know? 
Um, let, let's just say that abortion is wrong. Okay. And which um, my personal convictions are that it is, but I'm willing to hear anyone's mm-hmm. viewpoint and opinion as to why it's not with all respect. Exactly. But, um, exactly. but let's, let's just say for, for theory's sake that it is wrong. I'm not going to go out to a woman that I've known has an, an abortion and just delete her from Facebook and do this and do that and call her a wretch and say that she's under the wrath of God, even if that is true, there's got to be a more tactful and a more loving, frankly, Jesus-like approach to handle it. Yeah. And I think what it comes down to as well, unless someone is dead, they are not under the wrath of God yet. Everyone everyone has the option, like, and I don't want to go preachy or whatever, but Everyone who's breathing, listening to this, anyone who's alive right now on this planet has the option to, and I know it, it's ugly for me to say Christianese terms, but it's not really a bad word when you look at it in full perspective, but everyone has the option to repent of whatever is wrong in their lives every day that they're alive. So I, I want to look at it like that, as God has grace for everybody in their wrongdoings because um, I don't think anyone like everyone who's had an abortion I don't think anyone's like yeah got that taken care of yeah I'm happy now like even if like someone had to do it there's still I, I don't think anyone lives without regret with that you know what I'm saying it's even, just like even if they, if they, even if they don't regret it they're still sad that it had to happen I'm yeah. sure like I've never met anyone that was just like, man, I'm really happy that I did that. Yeah, it's not one yeah. of those decisions that you're happy about. It's like, uh, you know, like, murder is wrong. It's a sin. But if someone broke into my house, I have a gun beside my bed. And if someone tried to injure my family, I would put my family before that person breaking into my house. And if I had to kill someone, I guess I would. I wouldn't be try. I wouldn't try to. My goal wouldn't be to kill people, but... If it was self-defense and it was either them or my family, I would probably kill somebody. But it's one of those things that I would live in regret for the rest of my life with. I wouldn't wake up. You know, I wouldn't be like shooting the guy in the chest like, ha ha, yeah, I've always wanted to kill someone. You know, it's just not. And I don't think anyone would have that. And if they did, I'd say it's more of a psychological issue rather than a moral issue at that point. Well, with everything you just said, there's two points that can be made. I mean... Um, uh, uh, that both go under the topic of defining terms. Uh, first off, define murder versus just the taking of a life. I think there's a difference. Yeah, I think the Bible lays out that there's a difference. But throw Scripture out of it for just a second. Um, <laughs> we per- we we prosecute legally murderers, serial killers in this country, we don't prosecute our heroic men and women in arms for taking the life yeah. of Good point. Uh, an insurgent. But in both instances, we have a similarity that a life was taken. So I think you have to define murder. You know, uh, To me, murder looks like killing in cold blood for no real reason mm-hmm. or no legitimate reason anyway. Which I guess is relative, but um, I, or, think, I think that there's yeah. a legitimate reason to kill 
on occasion, not that it should ever be taken lightly or with pride or pleasure. Yeah. For example, like you had that uh, church shooting last week down in Texas and the guy who actually shot the, the killer was a civilian on the street with a handgun. So amen, brother. Yeah. Yeah. So, so one guy killed a bunch of people in cold blooded murder. The other guy killed one man in self-defense and to stop other innocents from dying. So, so, so one was Support wrong. The NRA. <laughs> <laughs> so one ki- one murder was wrong, yet the other one was seemingly good or justifiable at at most. So, because I I don't think killing's ever good. I if if someone doesn't have to die, I don't think they need to. But at the same time, if some guy's shooting up a crowd of people. And I have a gun. I, I'm not going to say that I wouldn't be the guy to take that guy out if I had a gun on me. Yeah, I carry a gun personally. Like if for I can, that reason, yeah. If I can save the lives of, you know, twenty, thirty people from being killed. Yeah. But I got to kill one guy to do it. I mean, I'd probably do it. I wouldn't be happy about it. It's not something I would enjoy. So. Yeah. But anyway, so back to our topic at hand. We we're talking about uh, um, like truth versus uh discernment i guess so i don't know like nate what are some things that that you would mark as and we can just go back and forth on this i guess but we it doesn't even have to be like identifying sins but because i'm not i don't even know if i'm in the in the mindset to do that but like what are some things that you would mark as truth in the bible like with with everything that the Bible is and the different ways that me and you may interpret it these days, what are some things that you would still mark as truth of who God is or a promise that he makes, or even if it is a, a certain sin or whatever it is, because there's no judgment on this podcast whatsoever. So, um, are, I guess, are you asking, what I think is truth, like beyond a shadow of a doubt that anyone should be able to see or just like what my opinion is, regardless of how just many a, people share it. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, whatever it is, man, if it's something think, debatable, I'm sure we'll debate it. So I, I personally cling to that. God is, or I'm sorry, that, uh, Jesus is the son of God and of the direct blood and deity of God. I I don't see um I don't see a valid argument against uh you know scripturally basist that uh would claim that there's any way for the gospel to be true or accurate yeah. without Jesus being actually God in the flesh. Um for me personally, if I'm going to trust anything in scripture, I have to accept that one along with everything else. Um, as hard as it may be to grasp as a human, uh, living in the natural right now, um, I can't base my faith on anything else uh, yeah. and also believe in what the gospel is. Like, Jesus is God. He's not just a prophet. Um, so, I mean, I would say that's one thing. Um and I know this is very vague, but I would say that there is right and wrong. I mean, like we just said, like there there has got to be some kind of a 
moral absolute on some issues because yeah. um, otherwise God himself is everything, uh, both good and evil. And that that makes no sense to me. Um, I've heard people talk about that argument, but in my mind, God's character is consistent enough yeah. that there has yeah. to be some compass that he operates by. It's not just whatever he wants. Um, yeah. I don't know. Those, those are just two things that I've thought a lot about that without having an understanding of that, I would not be a Christian. Uh, I would not remain a Christian, I should say. Yeah. So I know there, uh, like, this may not be the most popular topic to bring up in today's culture, but uh, like what we were talking about, homosexuality, and, you know, I have friends who I've look at things differently and I've talked into very extent with and uh I don't know man like I wish I could say that everything's okay and God just loves everybody no matter what which he does he God loves and accepts everybody but at the same time uh there are a few scriptures that go very into some very um intent degree on what God thinks about what I believe God thinks about homosexuality. And at least it's some things that I haven't been able to work through yet, you know, and it's like, I don't want to sound judgmental towards anyone at all because I love everybody, no matter what you believe about any topic or subject or sin. And I know, like I said, it's a big thing to bring up on the podcast. And if anyone's listening to this and they want to talk about it on the Facebook page, by all means, please post it. I mean, no offense when I say any of this, but I mean, from you see it from Leviticus to Revelation, I mean, throughout the entirety of the Bible, I mean, it doesn't ever to me seem like... It's um, in Genesis too, man. Oh, is it? Yeah. Sodom and Gomorrah. It's right there. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, from the beginning to the end of the Bible, I mean, God seems pretty absolute on his stance on it, and it hasn't been since recently that the Christian culture has even looked at it differently. It, it hasn't been since it actually took a turn in culture, you yeah. know, and with the same sex marriage act that passed and there was a huge uproar, like and the way Christians handled that was absolutely disgusting and ugly, it, condemning people, publicly humiliating people. That's just not how you handle anything. But at the same time, like there is a biblical stance on it, I think, and I don't want to sound judgmental by any means because I wish I could rationalize everything. I wish I could just say that God just loves everybody and everything's okay, but that's such a vague place to be and and frankly, it's not a, really a place that I want to be where everything is just okay and God just loves everyone and it doesn't matter what you do or what you say or, you know, but... I don't know. Like, what do you think, Nate? Because I feel like I'm just talking in circles. Well, first off, um, I, all, I guess I want to... I'm all nervous I now. I'm sorry, you know, whoever I, I offended. <laughs> I, I, I want to, I guess, just... Um, I, I know you, f- you feel the same way, Keith. But before I go any further, I just want to say that I am 100% willing um, to be wrong yes. about anything. Yeah. Uh, like, Check mark on that If one. anyone yeah. can show me reason to believe otherwise than absolutely, you know, kind of like what Keith said. I mean, 
I would love to be able to rationalize homosexuality, not because it's something I want for my own life, but because I would like to not, you know, feel like I have any reason to worry about those that I love yeah. that are that way. Yeah. Um, it's a good point. And, uh, yeah. So anyone can prove me wrong at any point. Uh, I'll be humble about that. That's okay. But yeah, my personal opinion is, I mean, it lines up with you, Keith. I mean, I, um, I do, uh, at least for the, uh, the majority, um, of what we're talking about. I do, I do trust the, the legitimacy and the authority and, and so forth of scripture. And if we're basing our, our viewpoint spiritually off of that, um, I, I, I don't see how it can be, uh, rationalized through, through scripture from mm-hmm. Genesis all the way to revelation. Uh, not that it appears in every book of the Bible cause it doesn't, um, uh, and there are some scriptures that would seem to imply it, but I'll give people credit that it, it doesn't come right out and say it. Um, it uses vague terms and things, so that's okay. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see how um, if the English translation is remotely accurate that yeah. that you can you, you can justify it scripturally. Um, because there's a difference between how the church used to look at divorce as sin and homosexuality is sin because divorce it's mentioned in a couple times in the bible about it being sin and the only time it's really mentioned in the new testament is about a divorced person getting remarried um but so it doesn't necessarily i don't ever see that in the bible as like you are divorced oh you're not part of the kingdom of heaven anymore but with homosexuality like i see it portrayed and talked about in a little bit of a different perspective from the Bible, I think. Well, even 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 the, the the divorce topic, though, I feel like in the Christian community, divorce is much more widely accepted uh, today than it used to be, and it's also much more widely accepted than homosexuality still today. Yeah. Um, I got to be honest. Uh, maybe this is exactly the place I should be because uh, you know, talking on this podcast because uh, trying to figure things out, but. Um, in recent, you know, last couple of years, I've really come to realize that my scriptural basis on divorce and remarriage and uh, the morality of it and things, I um, I don't see um, that it's okay. Uh, I mean, I there's yeah. there's there's one instance that may uh, merit it without it being sin, but as far as remarriage, I. I'm sorry. And, you know, I come I come from a family of, you know, a blended family. I have step family. I love them to death. I do consider them family. Uh, I don't wish anything to be different. Um, but if I'm just being open and transparent, I don't see it being yeah. scriptural. And I wish that I could say that it is. Um, yeah, it's one of those things, like, I know where you're yeah. coming from. And, uh, yeah, like, I hate to even talk about it. It's uncomfortable for me to talk about it because I don't want it to be Yeah, it's one problem, of those things you know? in the New Testament where Paul talks about it. Um, where if anyone is divorced and then remarried, um, what some to the extent where they become a sinner or something like that. But I don't know. It's one of those things you have to like, is that just a cultural thing or is it not? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I I haven't really researched divorce to make. Yeah. I haven't researched divorce to a huge extent. Me neither. But I know a lot of things in the epistles, people tend to chop up to, uh, cultural relevance, which, and that's I true. Yeah, yeah, I agree. T- 
to, so to some extent it might just be it might may have been a cultural thing maybe it wasn't um either way i don't think god looks at it as a good thing no no but so, i mean you have to you have to bring into account that um you know when when jesus was asked about it um it, you know his response was that you know more or less, I'm not quoting anything here. I don't have the verse memorized, but the point that is gotten across is if um, a man or woman is divorced and remarries, it, they cause themselves as well as their new partner to commit adultery. Um, that's like Nate Betteridge's paraphrase, willing to be slightly wrong. But yeah. um, that's my understanding of that scripture. So in that in that verb of they commit, um, is that a one-time offense or is that like, does that choosing, become a lifestyle? Does that, does yeah. that initiate a lifestyle of sin, uh, a lifestyle of adultery? Um, or is that just like in the moment of s- signing on that line and saying your vows is in that moment, a, a, a former spiritual marriage broken. And in, and in that moment, it's a single, sin but from now on god recognizes what has come as legitimate and holy i don't know i would love to be swayed to fully believe the latter yeah Um, because the thing i don't know the thing to me that and this is my main point about why i was kind of infuriated with the statement that carl lentz has made on the on the tv show it wasn't about carl lentz i used him as an example because Ryan actually messaged on the on the post a few times, and I had to clarify multiple times. Hey, I'm not bashing Carl Lentz or Carl Lentz. I'm sure he's a good guy. I'm sure he loves Jesus, but I'm mainly using him as an example of how Christianity tends to just change with culture, and that's why I kind of want to discuss this idea of like what is truth, yeah, because. If there are rock-solid truths, they are rock-solid. And if Christian morals and Christian doctrine and theology is just constantly changing with culture, then we have nothing to stand on, and everything we have is garbage. At that point, there's no truth to it. If the only truth we have is God loves you, yes, that that is true. But if there's nothing past that, there's nothing solid. There's well, something—I n- I fully agree. And on that topic, like something that I've always kind of scratched my head at, you know, going back to defining terms and uh, do we really stand on any absolute truth morally or is it just vague and up to your own interpretation about everything? Um, I hope I don't catch any flack for this, but it just, you know. Just my thoughts. I'm pretty sure um, if uh, we're going to catch flack, we've already done it by now. Yeah, so yeah, just speak yeah. your mind, man. I love everyone. <laughs> I'm not trying to crap on anybody's day. But um, you hear it in even secular culture a lot. Uh, whenever a tragedy happens, let's say a celebrity passes away and there's a memorial service of some kind for that person, and they have someone, another celebrity, speak. They're always like, you know, a moment of silence for the person and uh, asking for your prayers for the families, when otherwise I might not ever mention prayer or God or anything spiritual. Um, It takes a bad event. And then they'll also say things like, um, 
you know, we're all God's kids, you know, we're all God's children. And it sounds really good. And I'm not necessarily saying the wrong, but scripturally speaking, it says that we have the right to become the children of God if we're led by the Spirit, if we're born again. That's when we become children of God. Okay. Scripturally speaking. Yeah. Um, does that mean that God doesn't love you or want you to become his child? Absolutely not. But like scripturally speaking, somebody can prove me wrong. I'm willing to be wrong, but I don't see it. Yeah. Somebody's here. Uh, one second, everybody. There's someone ringing my doorbell. As Keith exits the room to open the door, I uh, speak as if I know that anything I'm saying is accurate or uh, logical or valid. And he's back. <laughs> Hello. My father-in-law just showed up. Hello, father-in-law. <laughs> so, uh, what what point were you making? Uh, I just I just made the point that like, not only does culture seem to imply that like morality can just change as it needs to, but that terms change. You know that yes, anyone can be yeah anything at any point in time if they really wish it and really desire it. And if I want to be a child of God, if I want to be God's kid, but live a lifestyle that I don't believe is according to his ways and what he would want, um, I can still claim to be a child of God because something bad just happened and nobody's going to call me out on it. Yeah, the thing is I want to be able to face the harsh truth of who I am and be able to say, you know what? I think I'm in the wrong and I need to change myself otherwise. Or I just need to accept where I'm at and not lie about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which goes right back to scripture too. Like be hot or cold. Don't be lukewarm. Yeah, because you get into some really uh, lukewarm waters when you get into just term redefinition all the time. Yeah. You know, is this really bad? Is God really against this? And what... What really is this? Which you know I mean, that's, that's exactly. You need to have those questions. You need to figure it out. But you have to be. You have to be in a place where you're willing to be wrong about yeah. where you're at too. I'm willing to be wrong about I'm anything willing. and everything I've said today. Exactly. You know, because um, I'm not but, a. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a priest. I'm not a rabbi. I don't hold truth in the palm of my hand. Like I'm a. I'm a human being trying to figure out life and figure out God. And well, first off, first off, rabbis, priests, pastors, all these people, <laughs> if they claim to have truth on the palm of their hand and that it's totally accurate 100% of the time and it can never change and it's fully subject to their opinions and their interpretations, first off, I'd say that there's a certain amount of foolishness about them that okay. makes me not want to follow them. <laughs> yeah, but But we're coming down to terms and definitions i mean just because it's relevant to the podcast so far that's the biggest problem that most christians today have with homosexuality if they still have a problem with it is that we're redefining the term of marriage yeah you know uh culture is trying to redefine the term of marriage as they understand it based upon their scriptures their holy book um when in reality uh and i am a christian and i know this is gonna freak some people out but like in reality Marriage is something that is recognized as 
a cultural and oftentimes spiritual thing yeah. within almost, if not every culture on earth, despite what deity they believe in. Well, it's, so, it's a tricky, yeah, it's a tricky uh, subject because I was talking to someone about it and I don't remember who it was, but we were talking and it was like, so marriage is based on the Bible? And they're like, yeah, uh, it's so... So then it it so the uh governmental status of it really doesn't matter, right? No, that matters because that's the uh the avenue that we're at. All right, so if the governmental status goes against the Bible, is that okay? No, because it's based on the Bible. You know, it's a back and forth thing. You're trying to marry religion <laughs> yeah. and government together and right. I don't think you can really do that. So uh, we're about to wrap up. Yeah, I agree. It's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, so uh yeah, we're going to have to cut it short here. Actually, it's not short. We're a few minutes over. But uh, my father-in-law is here. Uh, me and him are going to do some work on the furnace downstairs. But it was He's nice. also a douche. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> How dare you? Anyways. Everyone's douches. It's okay. We're all douches. We're all douches. So anyways, Nate, it was good talking with you today. Thanks for coming over. Sure. And uh, uh, we'll see everyone next week. Later. All right. Bye-bye.